Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Henry Chisholm, um, and today we're going to be breaking down this matchup between uh, Colorado and Arizona State, uh, the the two teams that will be playing Thursday night in Arizona. What is the name of the arena? I don't know what the name of Arizona State's arena is. Probably should have done that prep work. Um luckily I do know a lot of other things because I've been watching a bunch of Arizona State basketball to get all prepped up and I think the biggest takeaway is that this Arizona State team is a lot different than the one that Colorado played to start the season um very different we're gonna dig into that uh but first I want to tell you just a tiny bit more about our friends at Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits uh, because they really are just incredible. Uh, the the best thing about them right now is not that they have over a thousand varieties of beer or that they have wines from around the world or pretty much anything else you could want. The best part is that if you download their app today and you use the code FIRST10, you can receive 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. Uh, the offer ends January 31st. So that means you have like... What day is it? Whoa, uh, today's the... F- Let's go with the 14th. Um, so that's like 12, 17 days. That's like two and a half weeks. You have two and a half weeks to, to get this all figured out. Um, again, 10% off your purchase of $25 or more with the code FIRST10. Um, it's, it's a great deal. And they have convenient locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Let's jump into the show. Okay. Um, I still have a couple of takes from that college football playoff national champ. It's just the national championship. You don't have to say the playoff. It's it's the branding on that whole thing is just kind of strange. The college football playoff. They don't call it the playoffs, even though there are multiple of them. Um, that's like totally worked and people are bought in and nobody's like questioning it. But then all of a sudden it's like the playoff. But then we stop calling it that when it gets to the national championship. But really, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a huge fan. Just make it 16 teams. Call it playoffs and people will be entertained by the football would LSU still have won this year yep but guess what would have been a lot of good content on the way there um also Joe Burrow after the game smoking the cigar my goodness is that man cool uh that 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 video team for LSU is just incredible I think you know they were they were doing great stuff all year and deserve a lot of credit for everything they did from like the beginning of the season all the way through the end. It seems like they had like that tracking shot of Joe Burrow with the like EAUX at the end that makes it like French 
Louisianan, you know, then, and they like followed him out the tunnel through everybody. Like, uh, he hugged somebody at the end. I can't remember who, but, but that tracking shot was the one where everybody's like, wow, that's really good. It's like, yeah, no, they've been incredible. Like messing with the frame rate of everything, having those tracking shots, like the motion with the camera. And, and that's what that shot with the cigar was last night. You get like the puff of smoke. Uh, I guess that was two nights ago. And like the camera just like moving around him. And it's so, so sick. Um, I, I wish there was some reason for me to interview the people who are in charge of that. I don't know what that could possibly be. Like I could talk to the bus video people, but I really want to know like, what, how did they all wind up there? And it makes sense that it works. Uh, and that's something that we've seen Colorado try to do. Maybe not with the video team in particular, although the videos have been awesome. Um, I, I can't remember who runs the men's basketball teams video count but they've had some awesome stuff um lots of like motion it's it's not quite like the smooth like very cinematic the lsu does where everything is like in that like lower frame rate as part of it and then there's so many different things with the colors and it's it it looks like you're watching a movie and it really captures things they had like the hype video before the national championship and just so many different shots from throughout the season where you're like wow this is incredible and it just makes it look so real and I think that's what's typically so hard about doing what they do so well is that like it's just tough to capture what things actually feel like um you know uh like if you ever like try to take pictures of mountains and then you look at the picture and you're like huh that's really disappointing like they they don't look special but then you look at them in person you're like oh my goodness this is crazy then it's really hard to like justify a lot of different things and they did a great job. You know, there's that Travis Scott documentary. This might be something that's only interested to me and literally zero of you. But Net Netflix did like the Travis Scott documentary um, where they like followed him through like a concert or like through the tour, actually like multiple tours. And there's very little dialogue. And it really just feels like it's just like a window into his life and what his shows are like and behind the scenes and like it just makes the whole world just feel so 3d with the, how well they work those cameras and you know like i i went to a travis scott show a couple of years ago and i'm not like a huge fan of his music i, I almost never actually listen to his music but his shows are just incredible for a reason that's just so hard to define like he it's it's weird um but they really capture that in that documentary in a way that you just can't describe and that's what LSU does with all those videos that are just incredible um and and, and you could tell that Colorado is interested in the same things that Mel Tucker is used to that kind of stuff um maybe not to that level because nobody is doing what that crew is doing to that level but you see it with the social media teams you see how uh uh, you know, they, they make those graphics, the dripping gold, everything is so crisp, so clean, and they've really built a brand and it rallies these kids. Like everything they make is so cool. And you see them put it all out on Twitter. I, I wonder what the recruiting situation would look like if they had not just totally upgraded that the social team, the graphics department, um, because it, it's, it's big leagues now. It's 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 competitive with these upper echelon teams. You know LSU's video team. That's just gonna be tough to match. Um, but again, like I was saying, you know, while they have that cinematic thing, the way that the men's basketball team has has produced their videos, it's kind of tough to divine 
uh, again to describe, but it isn't quite so cinematic. It's much more like music video feeling where the, the camera's like moving to the side and things are like twist and it like fits in the rhythm with like the ball and all this kind of stuff. Um, if you guys haven't seen the videos they've produced, uh, I'll try to like retweet one later, find, find one of my favorites, but, but it is really cool, uh, to, to see how people are using media to market to these kids and, I want to do more of it, honestly. Uh, it'd be so much fun uh, just to work with those people and do those kinds of things and make what they make. Um, oh, it's crazy. Back to the point, though. Uh, looking at the uh, Joe Burrow with the cigar, my goodness, how cool is that? You win the national championship, and then you just sit there. Like, you're just sitting there smoking a cigar while somebody with a camera, like, crawls around your ankles and, like, makes, like, this amazing three-dimensional feeling shot. Like, you feel like you're in the room. Oh, it's it's so cool. Andre made a quick note that it doesn't look like he knows <laughs> how to smoke a cigar, but uh, that's beside the point because guess what? Most people my age don't know, our age, um, don't know how to smoke a cigar. So when he, like, puts that on his Tinder or whatever... Girls aren't going to be like, huh, what a weird way. But no, they're going to be like, wow, this guy's dope. Also a millionaire. Um, kind of, I mean, I, I don't know how to say this nicely, but an interesting looking guy. Like if, if you were to show him to me and say, is this a, a future star NFL quarterback or a vampire? I would definitely go vampire is what I'm going to say. But, you know, he more than makes up with that by how cool he is when he smokes cigars. Also, OBJ just handing out cash on the field. Um, Plenty of notes there. First is that I don't even know if that's allowed or not. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's not. But if you look like like I saw him giving cash to Justin Jefferson and now the game's over. I mean, he's just going to the draft and making money. Like, when when is he allowed to? It makes sense that when he's still wearing the uniform on the field is too soon, but is it like the next day when he's out of the program? I don't know. I should talk to somebody in the Buffs compliance department to figure that out. I do know that uh, one of the uh, Buffs compliance workers, Abby Shea, uh, was on Twitter saying, wow, this is not what the compliance department at LSU wants to wake up to today. Um, so... Interesting. I have no idea if that's allowed. Um, also, the fake money excuse saying, no, I was just giving him fake money. No, you're not. And and we can start by saying it's there's video. It's not just something we heard happened. It wasn't just like an audio medium where some guy down the field was like talking on the radio saying, oh, and here comes OBJ handing out a bunch of cash. No, we can literally see it and we all know what money looks like. You know, people like me may not know exactly what a hundred dollar bill looks like because of where we are at this stage in our life, but we know that that's money. And even if we didn't, why, who would think who could possibly believe that on OBJ's night out in New Orleans, a night when he was very clearly enjoying himself, and we might need to dig into that as well because he he was stumbling in a weird way. I don't really, I, I don't spend much time with people who are on like different sorts of substances, and so I don't really know what would affect you in the way that he was clearly being affected, but it didn't look like he had just been having a couple beers. I don't know. The point is, he had been having a good time. A good time costs money. 
he I, I don't know why he would be walking around with like fake money in his wallet for his night in New Orleans. New Orleans. Nobody says it like that. Sometimes I try to say it. New Orleans. Um, it just does not make any sense because first of all nobody does that nobody walks around with fake money but also him in particular somebody who looked like he had been spending some money and was on his way to be spending more money no like like our our nuggets guys when they do their show for some reason they have like a they have dollar bills with Nikola Jokic's face on them I don't know it's a weird bit it's a really weird bit um I still don't understand it. I think like Jokic bucks or something like that. Um, they probably make it more clever, but still like you still would never see them like walking around with it. Like, I just don't know what the situation is where somebody is walking around with fake money. I have never done that. I think even as a child, I never did that. I might have like played with it at some point, but never just walked around like, Oh, look, here I am on the, field after the national championship game with a wad of fake cash it'd be a fun bit to give that to justin jefferson right no oh my goodness and then he spanks the police officer and again so many questions around this whole situation um i was actually looking last night and you can get betting odds on whether odell beckham is going to be at coachella and I, I I don't know, but that's the kind of person he is that you can bet on something like that. And so of course he's down the field after his alma mater wins the national championship. And of course he's in the locker room. I guess there are also police in the locker room. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. I don't know why he wanted to like look at one of the kids water bottles when the kids just like talking. If you want to say that's profiling, then you can go ahead and we have no evidence and whatever. Weird thing for a cop to even be in there is my takeaway that's the strange but then while the cop is doing whatever he's doing like checking the water ball talking to the kid like the tackle or whatever for lsu obj walks up behind him and slaps him on the ass <laughs> then again then he then stumbles away boy was that weird um just really weird and then the cop like gives him a stern look and then says like well i can't be arresting people in the LSU winning locker room like who wants that I th- he didn't say it but I bet that's what was going through his head um, I hope that he also had go through his head like so what, what am I doing talking to you? I don't know why he could possibly be talking to that kid I don't know because even if he has like alcohol and he's under 21 first of all how does the guy know it just I don't know a weird place to be pushing oversight you know like just in a team's locker room I I don't know I don't know. We don't need to dig into that. Because um, that is... We are on the verge of a very controversial topic, and I don't want to take those on. Um, is there anything else? I mean, there was the light show? No, not, 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 not... Oh, weird stutter there. Uh, there. Not like a light show, light show, but in the tunnel beforehand when, like, LSU's just going insane, and they're like... there, There had to be... 20 different laser machines shooting around in that tunnel before they ran out on the field because they were all different sorts like there were there were like everything from big wide roving spotlights down to these narrow like 
five wide lasers. Like there'd just be like five old lasers that are shooting around and like moving. And then like everything in between, like different shapes of lights, different colors of lights, all of them fit together very well. I think it came from a similar path, like lots of greens and yellows. It doesn't matter. So many lasers. LSU's just going crazy. And then in the other tunnel, they cut to it, same lasers. Clemson's just standing there all business-like. And that really sparked a conversation between me and Andre before the game. Which do you like? Would you rather see the team that's like all hyped and at the very least fits like their surroundings? Um, or do you want like that business like? And thinking about like what would Mel Tucker want, I honestly don't know. Because they when you see them in the tunnel, they are all hyped. They're before they run out on the field, whether it's home, whether it's on the road, the energy is so obvious. Like I think there have been like clips that have gone around that show Mel Tucker's face before he runs out there and there's a lot of stuff but typically they all hold it in you could tell there's like a big ball energy but they're trying to minimize it and so they might be more the business type or they might just let loose i'm not really sure it'd be interesting to hear what mel tucker wants from his team um dre and i kind of discussed it and thought you know maybe lsu's overhyped turns out they made a couple mistakes early like the, the the first offensive play for LSU uh, negated forty yard gain because an offensive lineman was blocking a guy like knocked him backwards in pass protection, and then like ran downfield and wanted to hit him again, just just that kind of stuff. And maybe he thought Joe Burrow was going to run like it'd been so long. There's no way he's gonna find somebody. But then on the other hand, he's been playing all year with Joe Burrow, the best college quarterback in uh, college football history. Um, is a thing I just said, argue if you want, um, at least the best single season. You, it's just so hard to fight with that. He just dropped 460-something yards passing in a championship game with five touchdowns and no interceptions, and then ran for a touchdown with 50-something yards rushing. He put up over 500 yards in the national championship game, and all of us are like, yeah, that's Joe Burrow. That's just what he does. He's incredible. Um but, you know, they they jump and screw that up. They end up punting on that possession. Uh, Clemson tries, like, a run to the outside or, like, fakes a handoff, runs around the outside with Lawrence, and the defensive end just crashes down trying to get the quarterback or trying to get the running back, leaves it wide open. Just that kind of stuff where there's just this overcommitting. Maybe they were too hyped up. They're so talented it didn't matter that they screwed up in the beginning. They were able to make up for it in the second half. And... and the second quarter even, but I don't know. I don't know what I'd like. At the very least, at the very least, if you're going to take Clemson's approach, ask for fewer lasers because it just looks strange. Like lasers bouncing around and everybody's going crazy on the outside and then you're all just like standing there. Like I I do typically like that look, like we're just all tense despite like all this crazy, I don't know. But too many, too many lasers. They did not fit in um, at all. <sighs> okay, this this wasn't supposed to be a whole segment, but it was. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on national championship game, let me know. Um, it was fun to watch. I will say that. And Isaiah Simmons is a monster. That's the kind of guy that Mel Tucker needs to find. There isn't one that exists right now. He's a pterodactyl out there. Um, let's move along. There's no way there's any more that needs to be said about that game. Um, Breckenridge Brewery is incredible, and I think I might have some Breckenridge beers tonight, and I will definitely be having some Breckenridge beers tomorrow. Um, 
tonight because I might go to the Nuggets game. Tickets are really cheap, uh, which is typically when I go, either like when it's a huge game and I'm willing to drop a little bit of money. And uh, oh, I just got replied. Henry's at his best when he's lost his mind. So true. Uh, what was I thinking? Total loss of concentration. Uh, just got that Twitter notification. Okay, jumping back in. Uh, tonight, I go I go to Nuggets games, either when it's like the Lakers, I'm like, okay, I can drop some money on this, or when it's the Hornets, and I can be like, well, I can pay $8 to get in or like $20 to get pretty decent seats. Um, and so I might do that to that tonight, and if I do, you know that I'm going to be having an avalanche, which they serve in Pepsi Center, and then tomorrow I'll definitely be drinking some Breckenridge beers because... I will be at Blake Street Tavern for the Colorado-Arizona State game, which I will be talking about here in just a minute. And uh, that's going to be so much fun. As I said yesterday, it's it's like buff run or buff owned, buff operated. Everybody there will be wearing their buff shirts. They're having a watch party. It's going to be a blast. Um, come out come out it's it's definitely if, if you guys have been to one of these before i think there was one game that was a little bit lax because there was something else uh, i was an early season one uh met uh j rod and benjamin burrows and that crew uh but the rest of them everybody's been like jumping up and down and screaming and that's what this will be because there's actually a watch party there's gonna be like a designated area for all the bus fans it's gonna get wild uh that dayton game was insane uh like, like I, I'm having trouble explaining when they made that shot. I really should have been taking like a video of it because that's the type of stuff that people want to see is like, what's the reaction to this crazy shot? Um, but everybody was there probably like 40 people, uh, were just going crazy. Um, like Josh Scott was there and he lost it as you'd expect him to. There wasn't, he was there with another, uh, not former buff, forever buff. Uh, weird thing, I'm bought in though. I'm way bought in. I think maybe Ben Mills was there? No, I don't think it was Ben Mills. I can't remember, but it was another pass buff. It's it's a great crowd. Hopefully I'll see all of you out there drinking some Breckenridge beers, which you know are the very best beers that you will ever find. And I'll stand by that. Give me a beer. Give me like a blind taste test. And I'll tell you which beer is better. And it's going to be the Breckenridge beer. Um, plus, the best part of that game is I think I get two free beers out of it. So I am down to play whenever. Um, sports? Let's talk about some sports. Uh, so, Arizona State. That's who the Buffs play tomorrow um, at 7 o'clock, I believe. I'll, I'll check on that. Uh, again, these these are the details that sometimes just go over my head um i do have a lot of other things i want to say about this game though uh and the first is that seeing remy martin go up against mckinley wright is potentially going to be my favorite matchup of the season you know like peyton pritchard you know that's that's a big thing um but for Remy Martin in particular, a guy who plays, I think, kind of similarly to McKinley Wright, particularly in the in the fact that he's just like the defensive leader of a defensive-oriented team, um, and that kind of matches up well with McKinley. Uh, those two going back and forth, I think, is going to be the story of the game. That's going to be what decides things. Um, I, I do have Colorado winning this one. I think, I think that they're the better basketball team, and that's going to be enough to overcome being uh 
the road team in this matchup. Um, again, Arizona State, it's just physical man-to-man defense. They'll throw some presses at you. Uh, they'll they'll just try to wear you down in a similar way that Colorado does. And I think Colorado does just a little bit better job of it. And I think that's what makes them the better team because they do play similar styles of basketball. Uh, you, you know, Arizona State doesn't really hit many threes. And that's... Uh, kind of been a, a problem for them uh, similar to the way that Colorado's been streaky there's there's a lot of comparisons you can draw um, but one big difference that I think will probably change what happens in this game or maybe not change what happens but add some more intrigue is that Romello White the forward for Arizona State will be playing and he was not playing in that opener 6'8 235 um, averaging just under a triple double 10 and a half points on 65% shooting and sure it like helps they doesn't take threes but still 65% shooting and 9.6 rebounds he's a monster especially on the offensive glass he and Evan Batty are going to be going back and forth all game and that's kind of my number two matchup here that's the other thing I want to see is these two big guys just banging against each other um it's going to be something special. Uh, this matchup is going to be a lot of fun. The more I dig into it, the more I've watched Arizona State play, the more I want to see it. Um, because, again, this is just good physical basketball. Um, well, so having these notes. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Arizona State's season up to this point. Um, just to get on the same page, you know, they, they aren't ranked... They aren't receiving votes, and it's because they've lost some games that they should probably have won, considering they're a Pac-12 school. Um, first loss of the season obviously came to Colorado. Uh, then they beat Central Connecticut State. They beat Ryder. Um, they beat St. John's. That's a real basketball team. Uh, and then they lost only by three to Virginia, ranked seventh at the time. Beat Princeton by two. Uh, and then uh, beat San Francisco, beat the Ragin' Cajuns from Louisiana, uh, beat Prairie View. Again, these are not a lot of really high-level opponents. Uh, it's a little bit different than Colorado's non-conference schedule in that way. Um, they beat Georgia. They uh, lost to St. Mary's, and that's the one that's kind, kind of really knocked them down because... In that game, which they lost 96-56, St. Mary's was not ranked. They still are not ranked. Um, that's not a game that you can really be losing 96-56. The crazy stat from that game, though, was that 43 of, of uh, not Colorado's, uh, the Sun Devils, 56 points, 43 of the 56, came from Alonzo Verge Jr. Um, off the bench. He came off the bench and put up 43 of the team's 56 points. What a weird game. Uh, but he's definitely somebody else that you have to watch out for. He fits really well within this team, I think, coming off the bench. He's, he's like their sixth man, their guard, who can put up some points. And he can play really good defense, jump the passing lanes. Uh, honestly... Close to as well as Remy Martin does, the starting point guard. 
He's he's averaging 18 points at home this season, uh, shooting close to 50% at home this season. Uh, he's he's coming off a couple of his worst performances of the season. If you look back, uh, the loss to Oregon State or loss to Oregon, sorry, uh, he didn't score despite playing 17 minutes. Before that, the win over Oregon State scored seven points in 26 minutes, eight points in 28 minutes, the loss to Arizona. He's one to watch out for because he can just turn it on and fill up the bucket. He can also be kind of non-existent. No matter what, though, he's going to be playing good physical defense, somebody that you just have to watch out for off the bench. Um, Arizona State also lost to Creighton. Um beat Texas Southern, another one of those games that just isn't that interesting, uh, and then loses the conference opener at Arizona, 75-47, beats Oregon State, 82-76, loses to Oregon on the road by nine. They just aren't playing all that well, if we're being honest. You know, they're, they're pretty streaky. Um, that's kind of what you expect from a team that doesn't shoot three-pointers well. And we've kind of seen some of it in Colorado. I think that Colorado is really able to negate some of the up and down results that you would expect when when you have this inconsistent shooting. You don't really know what you're going to get from night to night because they're just so talented. Arizona State just isn't quite talented enough to overcome bad shooting nights. And there are plenty of those. Um, If they come out hot... They're at home. They they could easily win this game. Um, that honestly wouldn't be a huge surprise. Uh, but this is a game that Colorado really just can't afford to lose. The, uh, the, the Buffs go to play Arizona on Saturday, and that Arizona team is quite a bit better than this Arizona State squad. Um, that's a game that if Colorado loses... You're disappointed for sure. That's a game you want for sure. But you understand that you don't always beat uh, a, a, a team like Arizona on the road. Um, that uh, that would be a win that would kind of make up for the Oregon State loss. Maybe not totally, but it gets you pretty close to making up for that Oregon State loss. Um, but again, that's negated if you can't beat Arizona State. Uh, I almost think that this Arizona State game is the bigger game because it is the game that Colorado needs. You know, if they lose to Oregon State, I'm not sure they do need this game. Um, But this is where we are. Um, And Remy Martin is going to be standing in the way. He's he's one of the best point guards in the Pac-12. I really like his game. He can throw up some shots. Um, He can score from awkward positions he just looks like a modern basketball player but then he also has this crazy crazy good man-to-man defense uh he can lock guys down he can jump passing lanes he can pick pockets i'm not sure he might still be leading the pack 12 in uh steals per game i know he was a week or two ago very good player he's going head-to-head with mckinley wright um, Remy is relied upon for more scoring than McKinley is, um, but he's a very good passer as well. Um, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. Hopefully you guys are going to tune in with us at Blake Street Tavern. 
I'm excited. I'm really excited for this one. Um, it's a great opportunity having these two games coming up. Uh, like I said, I think McKinley Wright, I think Evan Batty, those are probably the two guys who you need to play well. Uh, for Evan, the key will, of course, be staying on the court, not getting into foul trouble. Um, because he has a tough a tough matchup against Romello White. Um and, and again, this part of the reason I'm so excited about this Arizona State game is because I just love these head-to-head matchups we're going to see. Remy Martin versus McKinley Wright. Uh, Romello White against Evan Batty. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's on ESPN2 tomorrow at 7. It's also on at Blake Street Tavern. I'll throw that out there again. Um, all right. Let's... Uh, Let's hit another um, ad and then jump in to see if we have any comments. I haven't checked. I should probably start checking ahead of time. But uh, before we do that, I want to tell you about our great friends with a great offer from Green Mountain Dental Group. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. That's why our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online, or you can call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment. Um... I need to do that. I really need to do that. Um, oh, yeah. Questions is where we we're going. Oh, it's been a busy day. Um, it's also kind of a weird week. Whenever whenever the buffs are on the road, th- it, it really changes the schedule. When they're at home, all of a sudden everything's hectic. You're up in Boulder every day for all these media availabilities, um, games, of course. And then when they're on the road, they're gone this week. Uh, they're on the plane right now, and they'll get back late Saturday night. Uh, that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, opens things up in my schedule in a weird way, but also kind of in a bad way because most of that time is replaced by having to piece together content because I don't have all these conversations to go back to. Um, but also, I get a chance to clean my car, maybe buy a bed frame. Uh, one comment today from B Mixer, our guy, who says, I think CU needs to win both games this weekend to have a legit shot at a Pac-12 regular season championship. Okay. Um, it's still early. I think that's where you have to start, is that it's still early. Um, so let's see. We are three games into this conference schedule which means there are still 15 to play. Um, that's a lot of time. You know, the the winner, I would guess, is going to have three conference losses. Um, maybe more. I was actually looking into this because I was wondering, because I haven't, like, you know, everybody's followed Pac-12 basketball. Everybody who's mildly interested in sports has followed Pac-12 basketball maybe not as much the last couple of years because it hasn't quite been what we're used to having it be but casual followers don't really know all the particulars and so I had to look back the last couple of years because I wasn't sure what it typically takes to to win the Pac-12 uh regular season um last year Washington won it with a 
let's see. I think they were they were fifteen and three. Uh, the year before that, Arizona won it with four losses, and the year before that, Oregon and Arizona tied with two losses. So three, four, two are the winning numbers there. Three is right in the middle, so it kind of makes sense for that to be the expectation. So let's let's run with that. Um, I think that things might be a little bit different this year because there are so many teams with the losses already. Um, Oregon's the only team that hasn't lost at home. Those home losses are what really kill you. And Oregon did lose on the road. They're 3-1. and one. Stanford at 3-0 and oh is the only undefeated team in the conference. I wouldn't be surprised if a four-loss team wins it this year. Kind of depends on what exactly Oregon does. I think that they're, they're going to be the team you have to beat. Um, looking through USC, Cal, um, Washington already has their three losses, and I thought they'd be right up in that conversation. Um, so really that's what you have to do is beat Oregon. They already have the one loss. Um, they'll likely... Let's say they lose two other games outside of the Colorado game. I think that that number is going to end up being one or two. Um, and so that means that if you beat Oregon, you're putting yourself in a really good spot because you've already swept them, which means you have the tiebreaker as well. I assume. I actually don't know the Pac-12 tiebreakers. I'd assume that if it's two teams, the head-to-head is what it is. Um, that's going to be tough to do, going out to Eugene to beat them. Uh, the night arena. Uh, that game is what's going to really decide things. If you want to call that loss, then yeah, they probably can't afford to take another loss right here. Um because those are your three losses. Um, I would I would say you you don't have to win both games this weekend, but it, it puts you in a in a bind if if you don't. Um, that would really put you on a good pace though. Coming out of this four and one um, with thirteen games to play, you're on pace for three to four losses. Uh, if if things continue the way they go, um, and making that three and step four, all of a sudden you're three and two though it might get ugly. Um, again, I'm I'm not totally sold on Oregon just being dominant this year. I could see them losing a couple fluke games. You know, they play Washington State, Washington this weekend. That Washington game could be a game that they lose for sure because even though Washington is kind of underperforming so far, they still have the juice to go off in a game and get a win. Um, Even if they did lose to Cal already, even if they did lose to Stanford already and UCLA, uh, I still think that they can beat just about anybody. They also blew out USC. Um, and USC is the third team in the rankings right now. Or no. Yeah, no, they are ahead of Arizona. Uh, so I, I think that the Pac-12 is very much up in the air. I, I don't necessarily think that anybody's going to be coming out clean. I don't think this is a situation where it's a mess for everybody behind Oregon. Um, I think that Oregon's going to have some fluky games, but this is going to be a huge weekend and you'd be setting yourself up in really good position if you can win 
both of these games. Because then all of a sudden, when you're looking at the standings, Stanford isn't this good. I'm willing to put my name on that. Uh, Stanford isn't going to be competing for title unless everything goes crazy and four losses, five losses get you in that conversation. Um, Colorado at four and one would be in a great spot because Oregon would be at five and one or Colorado already has that head to head win. Um, here's what I'll say. Even if Colorado drops a game this week, they're still very much in control of their path to the Pac-12. They have to play pretty close to perfect basketball, and in the end, what people really care about is who wins the tournament. And this year, more than others, I'm not quite as worried about seeding. Um, as long as you get one of those top four spots, you get a buy, you're in a good spot. If you could pull two or three so that you're on the other side of Oregon... I guess that'd be ideal. But when you're looking at teams 5 through 12, 12 yeah, 5 through 12, Pac-12 famously, um, none of them really stand out above the others, especially if you just like assume that the bottom four are going to lose and all of a sudden it's 6 through 8 and, and the, the bottom feeders of the conference just aren't going to really be a factor in that conversation. You know, I I just don't really care whether I'm playing Cal or I guess Arizona might still scare me. Utah, Arizona State, UCLA, you know, a lot of these teams just feel like they're about the same. And the way things have started, you know, Washington might still be one of the scariest to me. And who knows where they're even going to wind up because they've already lost three games they might be one of these lower-seeded teams that you face because you got one of the high seeds. Um, just because this year doesn't seem like so linear, the good teams at the top, the bad teams at the bottom, as long as you get a bye, it's tough to complain. And if you could get Oregon on the other side of the bracket, assuming that they win if Colorado doesn't win the regular season, uh, that just means you got to be top three. Um, there's no home court advantage or anything that you have to be worried about like there is in other playoff systems. So that's my take. Um, yeah, I think I think that there is a sense of urgency at this point. I think that the team knows that they, they have two losses to play with. They can lose two games. Um, pencil one in against Oregon because it's going to be tough to win on the road, and then that means that in the other 14 games, you get one, and it'd be a shame to waste it this early like you wasted the Oregon State one this early. I could see four losses winning it, um, but that would probably mean that Colorado has to lose three games that aren't the Oregon game. They probably have to beat Oregon again. Um, And that would be a pretty ugly season. Uh, Either way, though, win or lose this weekend, they still are in control. They just make things tougher because they probably have to beat Oregon or uh, lose that and win out i don't know uh those are kind of my takes we'll see how things shake out um as for this weekend of games um if if you're trying to put the buffs in the best situation possible um i would start of course every week by cheering against oregon 
if 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 Oregon loses to Washington State or Washington, that puts the Buffs in much better position. Um, beating Arizona is going to be pretty big. I still just don't know what to think of this USC team, but they have some decent wins. That big win over Washington. Um, I would say you probably want them to uh, drop some games. They play Cal and Stanford, but that Stanford game is tough because even though I don't necessarily think that Stanford should be competing for a Pac-12 title, at some point they've got to lose a couple games. Asking them to hold out until later in the season to start losing, that's kind of risky. So maybe you do want them to beat USC, but then USC to lose to Cal. Um, Those are kind of the big ones. Uh, I'm not worried about Washington. I would be a little bit worried about the Arizona schools, Arizona in particular, but the Buffs play them anyway. So, oh, so cheer, cheer for Utah when they play them. I don't know. It's still pretty early. We'll we'll start breaking down this kind of stuff, the scenarios, maybe even as early as next week because that's when the Buffs will have played five games and there will only be 13 remaining and things will start to be shaken out a little bit more. Um, should be a lot of fun, though. Should be a lot of fun. I think that's going to do it for today. If you guys have any comments, any questions, any of that kind of stuff, feel free to uh, write them in the comment section for the post for today's show at thednvr.com. I'll read them on tomorrow's show. That's Thursday's show. And then uh, that'll be fun. You do have to be a member to have that privilege. And it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Um, Hopefully I'll see you all tomorrow night at Blake Street Tavern as well. All right. uh, I will talk to you tomorrow.
side, flatline, no revival. Get them bust, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bust with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. 